You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. And we're live. What's going on, everyone? Um, it's Matt again. And today we have a special cool guest named John D'Angelo of John D'Angelo Photography. I've known this guy for a while. I've seen him grow up uh, and I've seen him excel like in the photography field and he's been based in Detroit the whole time. So he has a lot of knowledge of like the scene, the architecture of it, how the whole Detroit, the revitalization is coming about. And so I just want to bring him on here just to talk about photography, going through uh, kind of like some career stuff, how he got into it, and like how, like the current state of Detroit and what is coming up in the future. So thanks for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. Happy to be here. Excited. I've been thinking about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Uh, so we've known each other for a while, and there's going to be a, definitely some questions I've Never really asked you or had a chance to talk about, so yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. But how long have you been doing photography? Yeah, so I got my start kind of just as a hobby, having fun when I was, I want to say, about 14. I'm 28 now, okay. so that's pretty much half my life right yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's kind of Yeah, hanging out with the camera. Yeah, just started off with picking up my dad's old camera, finding weird, funny old cameras from thrift store, Salvation Army. And modifying them and just making fun, weird pictures, hanging out with friends, yeah. walking through the woods in the suburbs of Shelby Township. And yeah, it started off as just a fun thing and really enjoyed it. And then were you like with like friends that were doing it too? Or was it just like, were you like the camera guy friend? Yeah. So a buddy of mine that I don't hang out with anymore, like he brought his, um, if I remember correctly, it was like a Lomography camera, which was a brand. I think they're still around. They made kind of. They made new cameras that were meant to look like produce results like old cameras. Okay. So they were like plastic, cheap, kind of like poorly made on purpose cameras that ended up giving you like fun, weird, colorful results and stuff like that. Yeah, so he brought that around and then I had my dad's old 35 millimeter film camera and started playing with that and ended up like really just enjoying the results and it was kind of like it was always like a puzzle like how can you create something weird instead of just taking a picture? How can you like modify the camera or like double exposure or something to make something more than just a snapshot? So were you like turning I'm, – I'm thinking of like when did this hobby turn into something like where I want to go to school for? Because you went to CCS, right? Yeah, yeah college and, of creative studies. Yeah, so at that point, it's like it's the real deal. This is what I want to get into. Like yeah. what, when did that come about or like was it just kind of gradual or was it – because obviously still in this age, it's like art degree is like has some connotation. Obviously sure. you kind of like destroy that like stereotype. But sure. um, some of the like maybe moments or I don't, it was yeah. a gradual thing or no, was it? No, it was actually like a pretty clear defining moment. Um, like it's – a yeah, it's, it always sticks out in my memory. But I was uh, hunting with my dad. And a bunch of his buddies and his one of my dad's buddy's sons was living out. He's probably like maybe five, ten years older than me. Mm-hmm. He was living out in L.A. and going to film school at the time. And I was just talking with him about photo stuff and film stuff. And he's like, oh, is this something you want to do? I'm like, I mean, I don't know. What do you mean want to do? He's like, do you want to like make a career out of this? And I was like, you can do that? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. You can do that. Like, you can go to school for it and you can make a career out of it. And I'm like, and like that moment was pretty defining and... Um, yeah, the next day, uh, I went to school on Monday in high school, dropped out of Spanish three and enrolled in photography class. Dang. And was I, this like halfway through the semester? Was this at the start? This was probably, so Spanish three would have been like the beginning of junior year of high school. And it was probably like three, four weeks into the year. So I think I could still had some window to like drop a class okay. and change my schedule. It wasn't, yeah. like, halfway through where, you know, like, yeah, yo, no. te amo, everything, <laughs> and, like, you just... No, it was, like, yeah, I took two years of Spanish up to that point. Okay. And, yeah, this was, I was, like, Spanish 3 is starting, and I barely know any Spanish, and I've taken this for two years, so I feel like this isn't working out quite so well, so let's hop into the photography thing. And, yeah, yeah. so I rolled, enrolled in photo class and pretty much spent every moment I could in the darkroom at that school. That is crazy. So... So one thing I, I always think about is uh, the, the, where people always talk about like it's there's like two parts to life is first is figuring out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Some people find it 
early like you did. Some people find it later. Some people never find it. And the second part is just like going all in on it or whatever. Some people are more well-rounded. They want to do a couple different things. So it seems like you knew pretty early on like what you wanted to do. Was there like doubts or was it like pretty much like I just just give me more. I just want to learn more and like get into it. And the more as soon as you got to college at that point, you're pretty solidified and getting more into it. I yeah, I always like even today, like will still doubt myself. But like that is just like a background voice that I think like everyone faces. And I guess I'm like fortunate enough to just like have that voice, understand that voice and just be like, okay, you can be there. You can exist as a part of me, but I know what I want to do. And I know that I'm just going to like go for this. And I mean, at some points that voice is like stronger than others when you like are first thinking about actually enrolling in art school. And yeah, you that's a big a, step. Yeah. You went like, I went to a college prep high school that the expectation was you end up at like a U of M or MSU and you like end up getting some type of bachelor's degree in that sense. And I was like, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to go to art school and find my way that way. But, yeah, definitely had doubts along the way. But I don't know. It seems just like I've always been a person that's just, like, easy to commit to something. Mm-hmm. And then once I commit, I'm, like, so invested. Like, And that goes for my hobbies. That goes for a lot of aspects of my life. And So it's, it like, just, a, almost like a personality trait where you're kind of, like, all or nothing, right? Yeah, in so. most senses. And, like, a lot of things <laughs> in my life that I found like I've gone in, I've gone all in and then found myself getting through something and just realizing, okay, this isn't for me. And then I just like completely drop it. But photography has been again for like the last like 14 years, the one thing that's like, no, I'm like, I'm in this and this is like, every day has been fun. Every day is something different. Every day is a challenge. And it's like, I have not lost interest in it. It's only grown. What's like in the past year, like what was one of the like crazy, craziest shoots you've like done or like experiences in general? I know yeah. you've been flown out to certain places. Yeah, I've had definitely a few fun ones. I mean, it's always it's always something different. I guess one memorable one would be uh, obviously I took your brother as my assistant, and we went out to Los Angeles, which was a pretty cool experience to be like in the Detroit talent pool, and then considered by a company that's willing to like fly you across the country. And like choose you over like any other photographer. Obviously, there's like tons of talented photographers right. in Los Angeles, but I've worked with them before, and they knew my work, and they were happy with me. And uh, they does that ever like? There. Sorry, does that ever like uh, surprise you? Like that? It's oh yeah, every time. Yeah, every, <laughs> every time. Like I'm going like to me? San Francisco in a couple of weeks for a shoot, and again another place where I'm sure there's like plenty of talented people. But I've worked with this firm out here in Detroit, and they are comfortable with me. They know I'm going to deliver a quality product. They know I'm going to show up and just like do the job. So it, yeah, it surprises me every time, but it's like, it's flattering and it's, it's cool. And yeah, I get to see a lot of, a lot of interesting places that I would not have otherwise gone. Um, last year I went out to West Virginia to Mm -hmm. West Virginia university, I believe to photograph like one of their hospitals out there. And yeah, that's a place like I wouldn't have just like up and chosen oh, to no, gone to no. West Virginia. And it was, like, gorgeous. It was beautiful. Like, drove out there, and it was only, um, I want to say it was, like, a five-hour drive. And, yeah, it just ended oh, up. Oh, you drove. That's yeah, crazy. drove out there. Yeah. Okay. If it's, like, I'd say if it's within, like, five or six hours, I'll usually drive. Because, I don't know. I don't mind yeah. the drive. Yeah. I have so much equipment anyways that it's, like, such a pain to look at. Yeah. And, All like, the baggage fees. Yeah. And what if some guy's just, like, you know, throwing it off on the side. And it's like, yeah. oh, what's in here? You're yeah. like, don't touch that's thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars yeah that has happened and luckily it was on the return flight so i uh got home and one of my lights did not work after oh. after going through oh. baggage but yeah if that had happened on the way there i'd have been a little bit more upset but luckily it was on the way home and then i got it fixed after but nice yeah. so you're talking about like um when you're a company knows you're going to deliver good work you kind of like built up a reputation for yourself how for like someone who's starting out, let's say in photography or in like videography or some type of like creative endeavor, like how do would you recommend to build up a uh, like reputation for yourself? Is it just like kind of producing content? Is it reaching out to people? Is it being in you know in the right groups, knowing the right people? Yeah, that was and again that part of it was like a fun learning curve for me, like a bit challenging at first. And once it got rolling, it really got rolling. But, um, yeah, I kind of started off just creating content and 
having a portfolio, going that route, and then introducing myself to people, be it email, be it literally just walking into the front door of an architecture firm's office or a design firm's office and saying, hey, I'm John, here's the work I do, I'm just introducing myself. And through hundreds of emails and like driving around in the winter and like my old beat up Buick, <laughs> um, like spending a lot of time doing that. Um, that was a tricky route and really didn't produce a ton of results. Mm-hmm. But I find, or I found that like laying a lot of seeds will produce some results. But ultimately, what ended up being the biggest generator of business and like helping me kind of launch this business that I'm doing was just, um, creating content and that was like specific to the client that I was targeting. So for example, there's an architecture firm that I work with now. And instead of just showing them my portfolio, I went and found a project that they did, went and photographed it, created some like nice images. And then basically saying like, here's my work. Here's a job of yours that I photographed. Um, So you can see one of your projects and what it looks like if I were to shoot it. And then I showed them that. And at the time, they were like, okay, cool, thank you, we're working with somebody else. And I thought that was going to be the last I heard from them. And then a few months later, they reached back out and said, hey, how about you come out and, like, we'll try you shooting a small project that we have here in Detroit. And that company has, like, not only been my biggest source of revenue or, like, one of the, like, most fruitful companies that I work for, but also, like, doing a good job on that first shoot for them really, like, laid the groundwork for all the referrals and all the like um, word of mouth recommendations and other people that I've worked with as a result of them. I can almost like trace back my lineage through like a spider web of like these one or two key companies that I like produced work for like basically for free. I just went out and kind of shot a project of theirs, introduced myself. And now that's like all spider web down to like word of mouth referrals from, yeah, from more, more companies in the area. But that okay. has been the, that is that was like the toughest launching point and I could see like so many people people that I've talked to friends like trying to launch a creative business of some sort like how to get that like first foothold and like how to get in and I mean it's tough you might have to do some work for free to just like prove your worth and then make sure to do a very good job on those first <laughs> couple jobs cuz yeah like if I had like not um met their expectations or exceeded their expectations on those first couple I don't think I would have yeah, quite the network that I have. So that was like kind of the foundation for how I started. That's that's crazy. And just to think about that, it's just a few people like that. Yeah. But basically what, you, what you're saying is that create like a no-lose situation. Like you, f- f- you know, you, you took shots of a building that they had that they were going to get shots of anyway. You mm-hmm. presented to them. Yeah. All they have to do is say yes or no. It's not, they're not taking any chance on you. They're not doing anything. You're, you're kind of taking all the like risk and whatnot. Yeah. If you want to call it that. And you just kind of present it to them. And then you just do it through multiple people. And then one of them clicks. And then you give it a hundred percent. You, you know what you're coming with. And then they, you, you do a good job. And then that's when the ball starts rolling with recommendations, word of mouth. Yeah. Maybe someone notices your work online or something. They reach out to you, things like that. Yeah, exactly. And I'm even even to this day, like I'm still kind of considering those options, considering how I can like generate new business using that same model. So starting now, like in the last couple of months, I've been starting to do like some video work mm-hmm. and try to launch like that part of my business, which is like a pretty logical expansion of the photo world. Have like people asked you for that? Uh, people have in the past asked me for that. And it's just like definitely something that I'm doing to like keep myself interested keep myself learning new skills and like it's kind of a new world for me but at the same time i'm using using the same camera some new equipment some new toys some new technology and new software and trying to like basically just keep everything moving and not ever get like stagnant with what i'm learning and so i did the same kind of thing but like with an existing client i said hey would you guys mind if i like came into your office made like a promotional video of you and your team um i'll do it for free i'll come in I'll spend a few hours in your office and I'll spend a few hours on the computer and basically probably had like a day and a half invested into this project and showed him a preview of the video before I even like delivered the final thing. Um, He had recommended me to another client who was looking for video work that he knew. And so like that turned into a potential paid gig like 
right off the bat. So it's, yeah, it's a matter of like finding the right people, finding where the money could be and where the market is and like finding a, finding a gap to fill, I guess. But yeah, I think there's like a, like a, hard to like find balance between doing too much and like making yourself not as like focused on one thing Mm -hmm. versus just doing one thing and like let's say missing opportunities or just like only having one type of skill even though you might be doing it good do you ever like i'm assuming at the start like you just try to focus on one thing and then once you got good at that you're trying to expand now or is it more so i don't want to limit myself i want to just do everything or yeah, I want to I definitely want to specialize in what I do and like at the moment that would be architectural photography specifically. But I think there's so many ways that I can improve that skill and also expand that business. So like I've been taking on like gigs to do headshots which I know I can like do pretty proficiently. So I'm working with this company that I've already worked with to do headshots and then they refer me to another company that needs headshots and then maybe that company will also need other architecture work or maybe they need video work so it's kind of still playing within your field but like don't like i haven't been limiting myself to like i've never really turned a gig down um so i'll at least like try to find a way to make a gig work for myself and a way that like i can still produce successful results for that client and expand my skill set but yeah ultimately i want to focus on the architecture stuff mm-hmm. and i think the video is like a seamless transition into that it's just adding another element of motion um and it seems like something that people are looking for increasingly to add like add video to their architectural portfolio and i think all of these like extra ventures that i've been kind of embarking on are like inevitably like enhancing my like core skill of like the architectural photography like seeing things a little bit differently putting me in different markets talking to different people learning new tools, learning new software, and it all kind of, like, feeds into itself to create some, like, better mixture of that skill. Do you, like, do you, are you overwhelmed at all? Like, is this, like, it seems like you're just, like, completely doing this, taking on everything. Like, is is there, like, a, from a business aspect, I mean, like, regardless of, like, what you're doing, do you feel like you're getting overwhelmed? Like, do you want to, like, delegate work to anyone, or is it... I can handle it. I just go at my own pace. I just like don't take yeah. on too much work or is it, I outsource certain things. Yeah, I do. I definitely do well when I'm overwhelmed. Like if I, oh. if I'm like, if I'm just like kind of, kind of busy and going along at like a good pace, like I feel like my energy levels stagnate. My energy levels get lower. Like today I had, it wasn't an extremely busy day, but like I had a meeting in person and then I had a phone meeting then I had another meeting in person and I had two more phone meetings after that. And like just that like like kind of like high paced day really helps me like stay focused. And I feel like I can do a bit better and be actually more productive when I'm a bit busier. But as far as like delegating, yeah, I think there's that has been a challenge that I am like really trying to work on. But it's different, you know, yeah. it's because ultimately I'm creating a product that is like John, like it has to have my name on it at the end of the day. Yeah. So to give that work to somebody else is like been a bit of a challenge, but it's been a fun one because now I can try and train someone or try and like basically sharing my skills has been like fun. And there's a lot of people that want to like gain some skills or want to develop their own business. There's actually been a woman that I've been working with um, and she's done some of my retouching work and Photoshop work. Uh, and it's been great. Like just that, it's almost like handing someone your your newborn baby <laughs> to a much lesser extent, obviously. But I'm just like, okay, like I give you permission to like put your spin and your stamp on my work. It's been like a really rewarding experience in the sense that you show someone kind of how you work and what you do. And they're very able and very capable of like reproducing similar results um, with a little bit of guidance. So that's been that's been fun. And I know... I'm definitely the goal for this year is to continue doing that because I'm really enjoying the like the aspect of generating business and creating other unique opportunities that if I was too busy, I might not might not be able to pursue. So if I can hand off some of the back end work and give her some some of the tasks that would otherwise be eating up my evenings and my nights, um, then I can go on and like think about and physically pursue other other work, which otherwise I would miss. So. Yeah, no, fun. I, that, that that totally makes sense. I mean, I feel like if you're 
even just being tired, you know, people always like talk about, you know, work harder, work harder. But I mean, sometimes it's just like you're not in the right headspace to like even think of new challenge or, you know, new opportunities because you're so dead tired from just working like that. So I feel like just just being able to just like delegate something or give it to someone who you trust, who you've seen, you've reviewed their work. Yeah. Like this is good. This is up to my standard. Then then you can kind of you kind of almost have like a funnel coming in through you and now you're just kind of like building up the other side mm-hmm. of um of what's going on so you, you got like videography going on you got like different projects is there anything you want to specialize like any like goals you want to hit like is there like a building you want to do or work with a certain client or anything like that yeah i mean there's just a lot of like with a lot of the revitalization going on in the city there is some bigger names in terms of architects and in, like international and architects that are like from outside of the city of Detroit. There's a few architects in New York. Yeah, they're coming in LA here, right? That are like starting to do some of the bigger projects. And I think I need to start focusing more on that. So like the Hudson Project is, I believe, an architecture firm out of New York. And there is a uh, U of M project that uh, is like a Gilbert-sponsored project, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another architecture firm that's like located outside of the city of Detroit. So I think I like I can do a pretty good job of focusing my energies at like communicating, contacting and like trying to develop a relationship with these firms that are out of state and uh, try and like maybe work with them on some of the projects locally. And I think ultimately, again, if I like do a good enough job, those firms can take me outside of the city and if I develop a relationship with them, I can start doing work outside of the state, a little bit more outside of the country, perhaps. So basically, I just want to be able to kind of expand myself enough where I can do larger projects, bigger projects outside of the state and outside of the country, perhaps, but still retain that quality of work that I, tr- that I want to achieve, that I'm able to work with in the smaller firms here. So again, that kind of goes into delegating and finding people to help me out with that because that is not at the moment things have been pretty much a one-man operation and with expansion would need to bring in a few more people <laughs> so of course yeah so that that's definitely the goal for now no specific projects other than those two but um yeah that that's that's the challenge is like retaining that quality and still bringing in other people to kind of help create that goal and like keep that quality so it's been fun. Cool. So you've been like in Detroit this whole time and you have all these opportunities to go to different cities and maybe even internationally soon. Um, do you want to stay in Detroit or do you want to like go like do you just want to be like kind of the top dog of Detroit or do you want to move out to like L.A. and kind of ha- tackle that or New York or what's your. Yeah, no, I definitely definitely see myself being lifelong committed to the city, at least as a resident. Again, okay, like very yeah. fortunate with the work that I do that I can locate somewhere else for work um, temporarily or find jobs out of state or out of the country. But, yeah, I think Detroit's a great market to be in. It's affordable. There's a ton of great creative people. I've just always, always loved the city. So, yeah, I don't ever see myself relocating. But, again, I can I can be gone for a few weeks, take work here, take work there, and still keep home base here. And I think there's plenty of talented people here that could again be a part of that team or have an interest in like kind of learning these skills and finding their way to a similar or their own path but yeah detroit's definitely home base do you like doing like the teaching other people and like building up a team or do you just like i like photography i just like checking out these buildings seeing like visualizing everything or do you like the process of like building other people up seeing how you know I don't think taxes is interesting, you know, or like, but like figuring out how to them be an employee and whatnot. Yeah, no, that's been, that's been super fun. Even just, it kind of like takes me outside of like my own business for a second. And like the woman that I was saying was doing some of my Photoshop work. She reached out to me, showed me her, her portfolio and was basically just asking, can you like, give me some tips or pointers on my portfolio? And that was it. She wasn't looking for a job. She wasn't looking for anything really for me other than just advice. And we met up at a coffee shop and she showed me her portfolio. And I just explained a few things about how I would do something differently. And then that turned into 
us like opening up some of her photos in Photoshop and spending about three hours at this coffee shop just like having a little mini Photoshop tutorial. And like, I don't know, I think she was enjoying it, but I definitely got pretty into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. Like, again, I enjoy what I do. Get so, carried like, away, right? Yeah, if someone's going to show interest in what I do, then I'm definitely going to like, definitely going to engage in that. Yeah, I definitely enjoy the teaching aspect of it. And it's always been somewhat of a consideration to possibly go back and maybe teach either at CCS or oh. somewhere else. Like, as, cause like when I was there, a lot of the, a lot of the teachers were like adjunct faculty that, uh, what's worked, adjunct mean? Uh, like a non-professor basically. So they didn't have a master's degree. They were working professionals in the photography field and they came in and taught one or two classes. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. So non, like not a professor basically is the difference gotcha. as far as I know. But yeah, and those were some of the most inspiring and like thoughtful teachers that I had at CCS. One specifically like stands out and he was just, he was a working professional for several years based out of Chicago and came to Detroit, found a home and ended up teaching at CCS. And just like him having that real world business experience, like really rang true to me. And uh, yeah, so like that kind of thing definitely interests me. I don't know where or when down the line that would happen, but that's definitely something I would enjoy. It seems like it just kind of like falls in your lap, like this lady that just brought yeah, her portfolio exactly. and now she's, it's like a win-win situation. Again, it's like yeah. a, you're benefiting from it. She's benefiting it from it. Did you have any like early on in your career, like any mentors that you worked with or like anything like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I pretty much since high school, I've always had like some kind of toe in the water of working in photography started off as like fan photo for uh the detroit tigers and the red wings just taking little pictures at the at the games of like fans and stuff and then kind of started finding other photographers that were working so i started flipping through magazines our detroit other local magazines and said like okay who's doing what in the city who's a successful photographer that i want to like at least talk to and I kind of did the same thing that this woman did and just like approached them and said, hey, I'm John. I like your work. I'd like to maybe have the chance to sit down and talk with you. And a lot of those turned into opportunities to assist them. And that was basically like school was great. I learned a lot in school. Um, and I don't think I was I don't think I would have been able to do what I do without school. So it was worth it, right? Yeah. But the opportunities to assist these other photographers and like be on their shoots was more valuable than like anything I could compare it to is just seeing how a real shoot operates in real time where people are paying this photographer money, have expectations, have needs, and how the photographer either met, exceeded, or didn't meet those expectations was like pretty great learning experience. So I worked with a couple guys that did like fashion photography and that also like kind of made me realize this is really cool. I like what they do, but I don't think I want to be a fashion photographer. So it's like, it was almost just like, um, an audition for me to work with them, but at the same time, them showing off their skills and me realizing I do or I don't want to take part in this. Um, and then I actually spent about four or five years working for another photographer, Beth Singer, who does architectural photography as well. And she definitely became a mentor and a boss. And as she put <laughs> it, a work wife at times, because we would <laughs> spend so much time together. Uh, we would like take a lot of trips like up north and go on shoots together up there. Cause she had a few clients up there. And I mean, we would spend like a week at a time together up north, like spending eight hours a day together and then going to get dinner and drinks after work and another two hours and then basically spending (laughs) a full week's long vacation with her. Um, And yeah, learned a ton, figured out a lot from her, um, definitely adapted some of her business model, some of her skills and shaped it to kind of fit, fit my life. But yeah, that was definitely a great experience, I think. Um, those five years were more valuable than going to school in terms of like being able to operate a business right in photography yeah I think like when um like I'm a little bit in the tech field and there are some rooms I've been in where like I don't belong here but I was invited there and yeah. just to like feel what what the energy's like and to to see how everything operates was super invaluable and to see how business is done even though it's not like a hard skill. But just being able to, you know, negotiate or talk or or know what to say or know what's important, you know, mm-hmm. certain things I would overvalue where yeah. it's, it's not that important and other things I would overlook or wouldn't even notice. And they were super important things. And it seems like 
being around someone like that much where you're just like yeah. living and breathing it. You, you really get to see how everything's done. And I'm sure that helped your transition a little bit when you wanted to start your own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because the I would say some of the photographers that I worked with before, obviously they were running a business. They were successful in what they did. But working with Beth, like it really showed me like how much it is a business. Like it needs to be run like a business. It's not just like you're not just taking photos. You're not just being an artist or being creative. Like you are dealing with people's money and you're running a business and like you have to pay attention to all those aspects. You can't just be a photographer. You have to be an accountant. You have to be like uh, someone that like manages money within your business, manages time, scheduling and a manager. Yeah. I mean, you like, just have to be an overall manager of this business. And that was, that was exciting to me because I do enjoy that part of it. Like photography is great. I love it. But I also enjoy being able to like dip my toe in some other aspects of like being a business owner and all that comes with that. Like I can't necessarily say that I like love networking or that I'm like such a schmoozer or love talking to people. But once I get out there and once I like start to meet people, like I really enjoy it. And it is, it is a part of my business that kind of reflects other social aspects of my life. Like I'm not just at a desk or I'm not just behind a camera. I'm not just like one facet of something. I really get to kind of experience a lot of different worlds and end up in places that I wouldn't normally. So that's yeah. cool. Do you think there's any like personality traits to anyone that's like trying to be not just a photographer, but make a business out of it? Is there like anything you see in other people or in yourself that's like very uh, beneficial or see things that could be like really like not helpful if they have that trait? Yeah, I guess. I mean, obviously motivation is important because if I'm not motivated, I'm not working. I can't just rely on a boss to like make sure work is coming in and give me a task to do. And I just enjoy. And again, it is like a really creative experience overall running a business, not just in terms of making photography, but like thinking creatively in terms of problem solving, generating business. And it's basically like I look at it all as like one giant puzzle that I get to put together. And I don't know, I have a couple friends that have nine to five jobs and they just enjoy the fact that they go to work and at five o'clock they drive home and they forget about work. Like for me, I'm lying in bed. I wake up thinking about it. Like I might turn my brain off for a couple hours during the day if I don't feel like working and turn it back on at night. It's just like such a seamless part of my life that. It never really shuts off or goes away, but it's just always kind of floating in the background. And again, like it's <laughs> uh, as a person who is an overthinker, um, it's a perfect way for me to like direct my thoughts into a positive way instead of like spiraling out into something negative. But yeah, it, it allows me to create a puzzle in my head and solve it, which has always been a part of my life that I enjoyed. So just that like general creative thought is like a great, great personality trait. I think what you got going on is so, like, unique because, like, there's – I like to bring out people that are, are in businesses and, like, talk about, like, how they're growing and whatnot. But, like, creatives especially are usually, like, personality type is they're late. They're unorganized. They're this. They're for that. Sure, you know, sure. it's like that. That's um, a stereotype for sure. It's, it, 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 it's a certain style on a spectrum of being, like, orderly. They're, like, not really orderly, but that's kind of what allows them to be more creative sometimes. And I'm just learning. I, I don't know. But like at the same time, running a business is very, you know, you got to be on time. Mm -hmm. You got to have all the shots that they want. So it's like you're really mastering like balance. It's almost like you have to be good at both. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I mean, with again, without balance, like I wouldn't be healthy in my like personal life and all aspects of my life. So this this type of like order and like situational awareness, like really creates just like balance overall in my life and it's been it's been helpful not just like as running a business that has been successful for a while but also just creating a lifestyle that that I want to live so it's yeah it like some days I work 12 hours some days I don't work at all and like I might go a couple might go a few days without working at all I might go a couple months with working 12 hour days straight and I think that that's another part of the balance that helps me to stay focused like I work for long sprints and then I take like long breaks and yeah, it's just, it does create nice balance in, in, in my life. So, yeah. What do you do for fun? Like just like on your time off, like days off, is it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's so uh, I'll 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 I like to dip my. It's a hard question. I know. Yeah, it's I like to little... jump into a lot of different pools. I mean, for a while I was tearing apart old motorcycles that I found at my yeah, I remember that. Dad's, and I got really into that. And again, that's like another puzzle solving process. I'm like, okay, here's an old motorcycle from the 70s. I really don't know much about motors or engines or anything. Let's solve this puzzle. So, like, just again, getting going like all in on something and trying to figure it out. And it wasn't just like one bike. You had like five at one yeah, point. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I was like, you were <laughs> in it. I was like, I know what you mean. Like yeah. when you really start something, you just get into it. So you just find like a random hobby and you just kind of like take it on, learn about it. and Yeah. So right now I'm in my living room. I have like a giant pile of fluorescent acrylic sheets that I'm taking and making into some type of weird light. And so I'm like figuring out what does it take to cut acrylic? What does it take to like use electrical stuff to like kind of wire this light up and how does that work? And so again, like it all, everything I do is like a little puzzle that I create for myself that I need to solve. So <laughs> starting small, getting big. I mean, again, with the motorcycles, like I, um, there was a moped in my garage that was my grandpa's that I used to ride around as a kid, sat there for like 10, 15 years and obviously wouldn't start, wouldn't run. So I started with that like small little motor and like figured that out. That one was pretty easy to get started. And I rode that around for a little bit. And then I was like, oh, okay, there's another little like 200cc bike. And let's tear that one apart. Let's figure that one out. And then all the way up to like my dad's old Honda CB750, which was like a two-month-long process to figure out how to get that going. And like that was, yeah, so it was little baby steps to get myself up to like bigger, bigger puzzles. <laughs> baby steps. That's what it is right yeah. there. What about like um, like lifestyle? Do you Do you work out? And another random question I have is like your sleep patterns. Like I, I've been really into like sleep lately. I got yeah. an Apple Watch recently mm-hmm. and it can like monitor your sleep based on like motion of your arms plus yeah. your heart rate plus um something else I forget. But basically I, I just started reading about sleep and like just like what time people fall asleep at and all these rhythms. And right. Mm-hmm. Do you like as a creative, like do you usually stay up late and wake up? late or is it yeah so that like sleep schedule kind of follows my work schedule so if i'm super busy and if i'm in like a time period where i'm working a lot i'll like i'll definitely sleep the right amount which for me was going to be like seven to eight hours but that might be i might have to set up my schedule where i can like stay up a little bit later and work and then work till one in the morning and then have a shoot that's at 10 so i can work 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 go to sleep get enough sleep and then start my day a little bit later and like still have a full restful night's sleep but yeah sleep is very important to me and i uh i've been blessed with the ability to sleep pretty well <laughs> i know not everyone has that but um uh, yeah i can like once i hit the pillow i'm i'm asleep until that alarm goes off and i can do well like again if i'm in that like like go 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 work mode i can do fine on like 5 hours of sleep and um when i'm not working as much then i definitely catch up on it and if i don't have anywhere to be in the morning i'll certainly like try and get as much sleep as i can and max that out and like it is yeah very important and yeah working out as well um obviously i care about how i look but even more importantly than the vanity aspect of working out i don't think there's anything better that i could do for my mental health like any type of like anxiety depression whatever minor little stuff that i've had like working out in any type of fitness has been like the greatest tool like over any type of like meditation or any other method like physical fitness is like the ultimate way for me to stay on track and stay happy (laughs) cool yeah i mean it all kind of relates to even from just being a good photographer running a business it's like i'm I'm just trying to like pick apart like what ways help you become successful it seems like sleep is one of them working out has helped you a lot is there um is there anything else that sticks out for you? Like that's that's crucial that you do outside of actual work. Yeah. But has the benefit of keeping you at like your tip top shape when you're in yeah. the zone. I mean, I definitely try and eat as healthy as possible and I don't I don't have any like, Are you like on a diet right now? Like vegan or anything or yeah, keto I don't, or I don't whatever have any is hard and fast rules. I like for the last like 6 months I've been like gluten minimal i guess you could say Mm -hmm. um which means like maybe don't have the sandwich if you really want the sandwich but like 
I was out today having coffee and I saw a little donut and I had the donut, <laughs> so it didn't kill me. But like once in a while, it might, I might just like pick one thing for a while and just try that out. I don't think any one thing is going to be uh, make or break. But again, it's another little goal that I can set for myself and just to like keep myself in check, make sure I'm like staying on some type of path. And at the moment, that is just uh, avoiding gluten for a little bit. But yeah, setting some little setup for myself and like, this week is just like maybe let's not drink any alcohol this week. So like just set like That's a hard one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be tricky. <laughs> it can be tricky. Yeah. Everyone everyone did their uh dry January and I was just enjoying myself because I knew that January is always a slow month for me. So I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy myself a little bit longer. You guys can go back to work right now, but I'll uh, I'll catch up to you in February for a little bit. <laughs> nice. How's yeah. that been going? Has that been harder? No, no, honestly it's not too bad. Um do you like replace it with anything? Like, do you notice yourself like, oh, I can't have this, so I like want that? Or? Um, not typically. Typically, like, I replace it with focusing on being addicted to not doing that. So, like, the <coughs> like the like oh. inverse would happen. It's just like it becomes like an obsession to like not do that or not drink or not eat gluten or whatever. So that becomes my like new hobby that I fill that hole with is like going full force in the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, again, all or nothing, but. I was like that too. I, I think the like coolest thing about that is like testing your willpower. And like I get so much confidence from being able to like overcome something. Yeah. Like I was um, vaping for a while or whatever. And then there was like a period where I'm just like – I it's just obviously addicting. For, but it's like <laughs> I was like addicted to like not doing it, you know. And I, yeah, it, like, exactly. And, like, the feeling you get from whatever it is, I, I've done, like, the no drinking thing for a little bit. And, like, it, it's – resisting it itself is, like, a pretty powerful thing, I think. Yeah, that's definitely – you can definitely get a high from that for sure. <laughs> it's enjoyable. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I kind of want to talk about just, like, Detroit in general. Like, what do you like to do down there? Yeah, I mean, the city really has so much to offer. I guess growing up here and being a part of the city, it's kind of – uh, a unique experience as opposed to coming here and visiting. Mm-hmm. It seems like one of those cities where if you know what's going on or you know where to look or you know where to find fun stuff to do, there's never any shortage of it. But I could imagine coming here from the outside as a traveler or visitor. It's I mean, a little I bit trickier to find. I feel like even kids growing up in the burbs, they you know, might be turning, you know, going to college now or yeah. even turning 21 and they want to go to places where they could not never go before. Like, do you, what would you uh, – what are your, some of your spots that you like to go to? Yeah, where do I like to go? Where do I like to eat? I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, I – yeah, I guess I like to go out and – I mean, you're you're there a lot, right? Yeah, so, yeah I, I spend mean, some time out there. Um, yeah, I like to go out to like uh, a lot of clubs, dancing. Not necessarily like traditional clubs, but there are a few like maybe after-hour spots that are a little bit more fun. Again, it's that like what I enjoy about Detroit is that there's a lot of like – cool hidden stuff to explore that might okay. not be on the normal path. So have a few friends that are into music and in the music industry and like play a lot of shows. So there's always a new club popping up or a new after hours venue that, you know, isn't going to last. What's more. like the little, uh, <laughs> I don't know if we could talk about this on there, but oh, like, yeah. what's the like latest, coolest, uh, it doesn't have to be after yeah, hours. Yeah. No, I mean, well, there's a, there's a great place in Southwest Detroit. Um, it's called the salon. And they have like a bunch of really fun after hours parties there. And it's just like people get kind of, kind of weird and like put on their funny dress and listen to funny music and hang out until four or five in the morning. And yeah. So then like, again, it's a unique city where there's so much space. And when one of these places gets shut down, another one's going to pop up within yeah. the month, within the week until like there's just so many places to kind of explore and for people to set up their little DIY fun music thing or art thing that like, it's pretty cheap, yeah. too. I mean, that's one of the benefits of Detroit. I mean, yeah. literally last night, as a joke, we were on – my brother is moving out to Denver, so he's looking at Zillow stuff. And then we were joking around about finding a place in Detroit and, like, having something that's, like – you can find something super cheap. And then we're on Zillow, just, like, East Detroit. Just mm-hmm. like it's just like thousand dollar houses, and I think the minimum on Zillow is a thousand dollars. It, oh, it yeah. can't go lower because, like, <laughs> these houses are, like, Below destroyed. That. Yeah. But, I mean, I can imagine, like, there's some, like, pretty, like, vacant warehouses or whatever that, you know, probably aren't too expensive. And people can just kind of, like, flip it into something. And Yeah. And it's it's been, yeah, so in terms of that, like, it's been a really 
awesome experience kind of watching the revitalization of Detroit, but like even more so watching how like true creative or DIY stuff kind of shifts around um, and works its way around all the like Gilbertville and Illageville of Detroit and like people getting kicked out, people having to like move their artist space or their music space and just like continually expanding um, the territory of where and when cool and fun things can happen in the city. So it's, yeah, again, like it's been great because I've kind of started going down to the city and exploring before all the like real expansion and real like reoccupation of a lot of these spaces. Yeah, happened. like when the financial crisis hit 2009 and yeah. whatnot and and just and watching how that changed has been has been really fun to see where things shift. It's been good. Yeah, so I mean like it's it, it's not like nothing got torn down, but obviously like th- there's been companies that left, people that left, and now it's starting to come back and there's all these uh even companies started making their headquarters here who are outside of Michigan and they're coming here. So there's that whole side of like that corporate, mm-hmm. but on almost like on on the sides is like there's all this like creative stuff going on, and yeah. that keeps moving around, expanding out. And honestly, I don't know the reasons why. You know, everything's moving or getting yeah. Maybe just they don't really own the building, and they're just <laughs> yeah. Well, the money is always going to follow the art. So Detroit's like due to its decline or due to like a lot of people leaving, then a lot of creative people found a way to like make a space for themselves, make cool things. And then it became a cool place to be and people wanted to be here. And then people with the money see that and then people with the money come in and then they're going to chase out the artists and they're going to make their own space not that cool anymore. And mm-hmm. the artists will continue to kind of flutter around to wherever they want to find cool spaces to make. And I think that will always be a cyclical thing of the money following the art and kind of chasing itself out of town. But... It's yeah, fun. it's been fun to watch. It's interesting. Yeah, that is really crazy. <laughs> what, what do you like see happening in like Detroit, like the whole like, kind of like art scene and like the development scene? I mean, you're obviously in like architecture. It's like you probably know all the buildings coming up and whatnot. Like, yeah, I try to keep tabs on everything. So it's been really interesting to see kind of like whatever. Obviously, you can't see the end of the graph, but like see this chart of like increase and decline, increase and decline in Detroit, but. At the moment, like in the last few years, there's been so much um, ideas for development or anticipation or people planning new projects. And now with everyone building and everyone working on projects, they drove construction costs up. There's a labor shortage, so there's not enough people to work on these projects. And mm-hmm. now everything is getting more expensive to build and people are kind of shelving some projects or postponing projects or delaying them. Um, but yeah, so this like rapid rapid growth has kind of caused its own like somewhat yeah slowdown exactly yeah so there's it's just become more difficult to build like a large building or to like work on a brand new project in the city because of the construction costs are so prohibitively high but wow i didn't even think about that so you can grow there's just not enough workers honestly there's yeah there's a huge labor shortage at the moment as far as like skilled trades uh in the city it's yeah it's hard for people to find enough bodies to work on these projects that like people had all these like pipe dreams for and now things are slowing down a little bit but i think that um i think and hope that it's just a little dip and that we kind of are motivated enough to solve these problems in the city and like create skilled trades and uh help yeah kind of create an environment where we can continue this trend and not just like have a gigantic boom and then bust like that would be that would be the saddest thing i could imagine i mean there was uh, a few projects like the Book Tower, for example, was built. I Where's that at? Book Tower is downtown. Uh, everyone looks at it and like, it kind of looks like a building straight out of Gotham or something. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like an old building, I want to say from the 20s or 30s. And if you look at old architectural renderings before they built the building, the building was three times as massive as it ended up being because they had all oh. these plans. And then we had like an economic downfall called the depression, I believe. (laughs) And, uh, plans for the building got like totally reduced. And now the building is like one third of the size and you can like find old renderings online of what the building was going to look like. And it's pretty cool. And I kind of see some of that happening a little bit. Like obviously with the Hudson project, that was supposed to be the tallest building in the city. And now through again, construction costs, one reason or another, everyone can speculate on whatever cause they want to come up with, but, now it's not going to be the tallest building in the city or the state rather. 
and the future of it is really like kind of uncertain. Like they they have not released any final drawings or plans for what the building is going to be. So again, that kind of thing. I get like it happened in the I past. I mean, it's still a big hole down there. Yeah, it's like, really still a big hole, and hopefully they fill it with something. <laughs> something nice. Sooner or later. They definitely have plans. Something will definitely go in there. But again, yeah, like we had that great – Detroit was once this great city in the country, and then we experienced the Depression, and now we're left with buildings that are about the third of the size of what they wanted them to be. But hopefully we can avoid that and learn from our mistakes and <laughs> try and stay on track with this growth, but you know, keep the growth within – a manageable level would be nice. That's cool. That's yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I think the city is just a, such an interesting place. I've I've traveled a lot. You know, I've I've been on my bus trip, taking a bus around the United States, seeing cities and whatnot. And I think the thing about Detroit is just like it's it's you might not see it like when you like go through it, but just the history of it, it's, it's so incredible that it was so big. And I mean. It's an old city too. Mm-hmm. Well, like a, the old, like as far as you know, the colonies starting on like the east coast and moving out here, like in the 1800s. It's like basically any super old city was next to a big body of water, and yeah. Detroit is yeah. just like that too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I see like some of the first pictures from like the 1910s and whatnot, and yeah. it was <laughs> it was hustling and bustling, you know. And it's yeah. it's it's grown and it's sank, and now it's like coming back up. Is there um? Is there any people you you started following recently from Detroit that you've been kind of interested in? Yeah, I don't know. I I can't say that there have been any people. I guess I try to stay aware aware of what's going on, but again, like the way my brain works, if I get too too interested or too curious about another person's career, another person's life or what another person's doing, um I will begin to lose sight of my own and I yeah I try to avoid that I have no okay. no social media as you know yeah so no. that that is just like you're a hard man I, to get hold of <laughs> I don't want to fall into that hole of like trying to keep tabs on anyone's work or creations but I mean yeah I try to try to keep my keep my blinders on and stay stay pointed forward but cool that's yeah. so I mean so, so no social media how long you been off of that I would say I have no social media other than LinkedIn if you want to find me on there everybody. <laughs> John uh, D'Angelo. <laughs> um, yeah, probably at least five years, I would say, at least if not more, five years. But yeah, again, even like back in high school and that would carry over into career, like just looking at other people's lives or becoming interested in that became overwhelming. Very, yeah, it just became a clear path to like not succeeding for myself. So I kind of just try to gotcha. avoid that and not pay too much attention to what other people are doing and okay. run my own race. <laughs> cool. Well, if people do want to find you, there's LinkedIn, right? Do you have a website as well? Yeah, johndangelophoto.com. Yeah, I'm on, I got a website. I have a LinkedIn and yeah, you can find me. Okay. <laughs> if cool. you want to find me, you'll find me. She needs some shots taken of your building or your house or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks everyone for uh, tuning in. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this and uh, see you guys next time. Take it easy. Thank you, Matt.